Welcome to the Football Ramble, the latest on Project Big Picture, and we head to the Romanian Second Division. It's Wednesday, the 14th of October. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Venetia Andrade. Happy I just assume I'd be oh, lying. Sorry, guys. Look, I'm in the wrong chair. You guys are weekend friends now. And I feel like I'm kind of like driving a wedge between you and I didn't want to. This There was a big mix up there. Mm. I know. It, it was all me. It was all me. Because, Pete, you have never sat to my left. No. I, I've, got a, I've got an eye line on the door. So yeah. any snipers attacking, I can sort of tell everyone quite early. You're like Jason Bourne. I, I know yeah, I always know are. where the exits are. Yeah. Even if I'm in Waterloo at WH Smiths. Did you actually say your names? I yes. don't think, did you? Yeah, I did. I, did. I, don't I, know I went did. through it. Did I, you? I panicked though. I didn't even look. I just I was laughing assumed too much. I'd be. I'd Is it, be are you always yeah. last, Fish? Is that how it all works? Yeah, I think I'm mostly. In fact, the only other right. time I've been second has been with you in the room, I think. Ah, so I've got, so confusing. Uh, I should have been more alert. No, it was me. I was just was sat there going, what's going on here? Someone <laughs> speak. I don't like silence. And the people you work with. <laughs> exactly. Usually. My word. You also How are we the least professional? <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, it's a slow news day when we're going to be heading to the Romanian second division. Lovely part of the world. Mm. Yeah. Big fan of Cluj yeah. and their other cities they have that I don't know. I've never been. You've also, you know, you always find things in the last place you look. Why don't we start with the last place we would have looked anyway for content? <laughs> True. Yes. True. We're, we're going to save the Romanian second division for later, though. Mm, we're going to tease you with that. Romanian dessert. Uh, instead, we're going to start with what I think is the biggest news in the last 24 hours. It's an international break, isn't it? So there's not a, a great deal mm. going on. Um, and we will get on to Project... Wait, what's it called? Project uh, Big Picture. Project Big Picture. There's Project still, Restart. There's too honestly, many projects, isn't it? Yeah. The thing that around. gets me about anything governmental or organisational, they always come up with the name first. They always come up with the name. For, uh, just come on, guys. Just, just do the thing. You don't need to give it a name. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. We all know what it's for. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, this one's called Project Big Picture. We will get on to a little mm. bit more on that in a minute because there has been a development overnight. But first, let's start with what I think is the biggest news in the last 24 hours. San Marino have secured <laughs> their fourth ever competitive point in their history. And it's their first ever away point, as uh, away clean sheet as mm. well in the history of the club. They uh, got a nil-nil draw with Liechtenstein in the Nations League yesterday. I'm not going to pretend that I was watching that one live. I wasn't watching either. <laughs> I saw it on Twitter but and I, gave it a little clap. I did go back and have <laughs> a little clap. Yeah, a clap. Yeah, clap. Oh, are, nice. you one of those, are you one of those people that actually laughs when you type LOL? <laughs> yes. Right, right. Do you roll on the floor? <laughs> no. Ruffle. Ruffle copters. Yeah. Um, it was uh, Helgi um, Kolvithson, uh, the, the the boss of Liechtenstein. He he looked like he'd had a hard shift at the end of that match. He, was like, he left Iceland for that. He was second in command at Iceland. He was like, oh, what is the point of this nonsense? But no, the most serene republic have, uh, have managed it. Great it's, news. It's one of them stories you love to see, isn't it, Vish? Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of what the UEFA Nations League was supposed to be about. You know, mm. they weren't going to get anything from being pasted by teams left, right, and centre. Mm. And now, when they're facing, I suppose, more, more appropriate, quote unquote, opposition, then you know they're going to get results like this. I mean, I was going to say it speaks of a bright future for San Marino, but um, their under twenty ones did get pasted seven nil by Scotland. <laughs> so, to false dawn in yeah. many ways. Uh, hang on a minute. I've just been told that I said club when I referred to San Marino. They're a club, an international club. <laughs> I'm so 
I like sorry. it. My brain's not functioning today. I have woken up to a flat tyre, so please forgive yeah, me. It's not you, been an easy ride today. You Literally. <laughs> no, well, well easier than usual. I you still think you shouldn't train. have driven it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Probably shouldn't have driven it. Yeah. It's a, there, there are run flats, but not having a tyre is not a run flat. Yeah, yeah no, I didn't drive it. I, mm. I, I, I woke up to a flat tyre. Who? Who gets flat tyres? I mean, I have had one before, but I can't really remember it. It's one of those things where when you get one, you think, what happened the last time this, ha- this happened? Yeah. I can't G- remember. Has Jules, to, have you upset someone in your neighbourhood? Mm, maybe, the yeah. old Stanley knife out. It might be the puppy making all the noise. <laughs> maybe it's <laughs> yeah, turf wars. Blame him. Yeah. Don't, you live, don't you live in a part of... Um, Part of the world. I was about to say where you live then. Please don't tell people that. where I live. <laughs> it's Boston. <laughs> she lives in Boston. Why don't we, yeah, we could do like one of those old magazines where you, where you could collect like the shin bone of a dinosaur and put it together. Yeah. We'll just give out one part of Jules' address every week. <laughs> yeah. And you've got to together. keep coming back together. Yeah. Yeah. I'd you... actually quite like that if it was not me because right. I'd like to piece it together. I'm, I'm like a little detective in my spare time. Oh, are you right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Detective. Oh, yeah. We just call you a detective. <laughs> God knows you're not a mechanic. <laughs> I'm absolutely not. What were you going to say, Vish? But, but yeah, I wondered because you live near people who work for rival broadcasters, let's oh. say. So I wondered Tough. if Oh, yes. I've seen that on Facebook, the little uh, mobile video games you get. <laughs> you might become a 99 level boss. <laughs> no, she is not puncturing my tyre, trust me. I'm just saying, she's there, isn't she? She knows where hey, you Hey, we're live. friends. Kate Mason knows knives or something. <laughs> we're not talking about Kate, Kate Mason, but we could be. Stuff. Wouldn't um, they knives, just those claws. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the train for the first time in um, three, four, wait, no. Three, it's four been more years. Than that. No. February was the last. God, it's been about six months. February 2013. You How was it? <laughs> what, what did you see? No, what were the smells? Right. What were the sights? What were the sounds? I was actually surprised that there are actual banners on the chairs to say "Don't sit here" so that you can socially distance. I was oh, quite they don't. By that. They don't have that on. And you clearly got a better train than I have. But yeah, yeah wow. they don't have that. Yeah, Chiltern no. Railways. Oh. Did you Did you go up to the uh, to ticket office and just went one ticket to Terminus, please? Oh, <laughs> 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 one to London, Yimbles. <laughs> Yes, I am a child. Good <laughs> passes one, to be fair. First class, oh, yeah. And I, I would like a buffet menu as well. Too. Yeah, there's no food or drinks on these trains. No, no. Because no. of, co- of your friend of mine, a COVID. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, actually, it wasn't too bad, Pete. Thanks no. for asking. The San Marino of, uh, of travel. <laughs> oh, the Liechtenstein of travel. I'll call myself the San Marino. Uh, do you know what I did love about that game, though? One thing I saw is that um, one of the players for the club, <laughs> for, the club. <laughs> for his country, yeah. Mularoni, came on in the 86th minute and got booked three minutes later. What do you think he did? <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> do you reckon he was uh, He was told, get on the pitch and whatever you do, Mix do it not up. let us concede? Yes, exactly. It's like maybe it's a souvenir. You know, everyone wants their piece of history when yeah. you're part of something like that. And I wondered if, you know, I'll just take a booking from you this. You can't get on the goal. The, the goal sheet <laughs> the old goal sheet um, it's nice to have like your, your name's still up there with yeah. a, sometimes you'll flick on the BBC um, like uh, final scores thing and, and, and it'll say who's been booked and you're like oh he's got a goal he hasn't got a goal yeah. he has not got a goal <laughs> good to get your name up it's there not. though isn't it <laughs> uh, 151 matches they've played in their history four draws and that's it yeah, I would mean, you, would you just quit would you just be like Do you know what let's quit the just club. not bother <laughs> let's dissolve the club <laughs> yeah I mean this is the you know I know I'm going to repeat what I said before, but I suppose this is an example of that is that is an absurd record mm. that clearly speaks of a of a system that is not so much unfair because you know they're doing it they're they're, they're part of it to qualify for major tournaments which is going to be their end goal. Um, but yeah, I mean the fact that you've contributed to a quarter of that must fill you with a you know a great yeah. deal of pride. Yeah, as a, usually as a San 
someone from San Marino. San Marinians. <laughs> yeah, like a called? Pomeranian. What are they called? <laughs> San Marinians. Oh, actually? <laughs> no, I don't right. know. I'm just speculating. But I mean, they only sort of started with UEFA in the 80s or the 90s, didn't mm. they? So it's not like they've got this huge, like, 100-year-long 100 100 year um, uh, relationship with, with, with UEFA and, and that competition. So, well, obviously the competition's been running for a very short amount of time, but um, it's just good to see that they're, they're getting some points yeah. on the board. It's nice. It's good. It's, it's good. exactly what football is all about. Uh, mm-hmm. And not just the big clubs. <laughs> seven minutes in. We've done seven minutes on that, so I, I think we can move on now. We're going to try. We're going to try and do a full show today. I think five minutes were on your car. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was actually. Mm. Um, all right, should we talk about the project? The project. That project, no project. Mm. Big picture, right? There has been some developments in the last twenty-four hours, and um, Vish, as a journalist, you were actually privy to some of this stuff. So. Mm. At The Independent, you were actually told about the meeting yesterday. Um, Several representatives from the EFL met uh, in the afternoon to discuss how they felt about Project Big Picture. What were the results? Yeah, so uh, basically just to take you to it from the the start, there was a a notification yesterday from the EFL that uh, a set of EFL chairmen were going to be available, or rather representatives of EFL clubs were to be available for a Zoom call where they would kind of outline their collective stance, as it were, on... Project Big Picture, and they included Peter Risdale, who was working on behalf of Preston North End, Tony Stewart of Rotherham United, Jez Moxley at Burton Albion, who is also an EFL board representative, Paul Scally at Gillingham, Charles Grant of Alexander, and Nigel Travis of Leighton Orient. Um, and one of the, um, I, I suppose one of the takeaway quotes from it came from Peter Risdale, who, when asked about, I suppose, the top to bottom of the proposal, said, um, it is, a con- is it a concern 100%? Uh, do I trust them? No, I don't. However, today the Football League has got a unique opportunity, if this remains on the table, to perhaps protect the Football League in the long term. Whereas at the moment, in the short term, there is a real danger. Mm. And I think that kind of tallies with with my thoughts on it um, in particular, because I don't really know how much to give the good, or rather, I don't know really how much to pin on the bad, considering the good means that teams won't go out of business because you know Luke articulated it perfectly yesterday where you know you don't have to save a drowning man you can save a drowning man without them being indebted to you mm. I just don't think that's how that's how football works now I think the reason it is a thing is because those big teams see an opportunity to get what they want and give other people what they want and what the big clubs are getting at the expense of everyone else is you know more than their fair share but at the same time, it's it's like the person who does who does a year abroad to do work experience just to say they've done work experience, whether it's you know towards a medical degree where they go away and they help out, you know, in a, a part of the world that needs a lot of medical help. They're doing it for themselves, but mm. someone is benefiting from that. Yeah, and so I'm, I find it really hard to square personally. Mm. Um, but I can totally get why people are wary, especially. You know, it does need those fourteen. It does need fourteen Premier League clubs to to stump up and and carry this through. Um, but the, the inequality is already there, isn't it? So yeah. Apparently, apparently Lee Charnley uh, from is the representative for Newcastle United. And I just like the idea, and they're obviously doing it over Zoom. And I can just imagine the the person who's got the arbitration kind of panel are going, uh, or whatever the the, the panel are going, Lee. Lee, you've you, you've not turned your camera on. You've just got that um, default avatar of an egg. <laughs> and going, no, it's my face. That is my face. But. Um, I think, uh, you know, they're going for everything they could possibly get uh, with this particular deal that they have suggested. And, of course, it's just a suggestion. It's not going to happen. But do you think that, A, this was kind of 
leaked uh, deliberately to sort of go, this is a, you know, to, to show how crappy the idea was? Or was it leaked, um, uh, uh, or was it leaked deliberately on, the, on behalf of the Liverpool and the Manchester United to sort of go, right, this is what we want and this is the starting point. Like Luke said yesterday, this is the starting point of a negotiation. We're not going to get everything that we want. You're not going to get everything that you want, but maybe we can sort of dial this back a little bit and the end product will be Manchester United and Liverpool and, and the big six. They get more power and more control uh, on a product that they, they, they provide most of the money into. But, you know, I'd, I'd, at this point in time, if Liverpool, Manchester United and those six want to F off and just play endless friendlies in the arsenal of nowhere and uh, endless uh, tournaments and play the, the biggest sides in, in, in Europe every week, if I, at this point, I'm like, look, fine. We'll have our little flavour country in the in the in the in the bottom half of the Premier League, and you know that's where all the the the, the blood and thunder football will uh, will happen. And just I'm I'm in for that product. I can't be asked the the, the homogenised kind of um, noodle salesman of Manchester United <laughs> and, <laughs> and Man City do, plying their trade around Europe, just playing the same sides every time. Look, it will make your project product stale in the long run. So knock yourselves out, you dicks. One of the details that I saw from a piece by Matt Slater in The Athletic where he's written a really thorough guide to the pros and cons for different parties of Project Big Picture was that the as it was on the weekend, this was the 18th draft of the proposal. So obviously it's got to a stage where people have felt comfortable bringing it to, um, to public knowledge. Mm. And also bear in mind that that meeting yesterday was called by the EFL and the overriding message was that all the EFL clubs are up for it. Now, that was countered somewhat by the odd chairman and um, club board representative on Twitter when that news came out. It's Accrington and someone else, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, Accrington, I think Lincoln City Lincoln. as well. But the but primarily, you know, the, the reason that meeting was called was to say, like, look, here are the chairmen, they're up for it. So, mm. you know, a lot of it is being streamed through. And you can understand it from their point of view. Like, I, 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 was against, I would completely guess until I heard that Steve Gibson from Middlesbrough is very much for it. I was like, if one chairman needs a rest, <laughs> financial <laughs> help, it's Steve Gibson who's been just working his ass off for decades now. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you, like, so, you know, Pete, you've been really articulate on this in the past. Mm, so it doesn't sound like me, Vish. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might have been hard. Very much the run flat of opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I am. <laughs> well, I'm going to pump you full of tyre filler, whatever oh. it is. Uh, but, what what do you think about this mafioso element of it where we do you a favour and you mm. pay it back, yeah. you know, potentially to eternity? Because at least there is a connection there. And one of the big issues between the top and and the rest was mm. really that there was no connection whatsoever and they were just getting further and further away. Yeah. I I don't think it brings them any closer. I think I I think I said before we we got in here, I'd like I think uh, the the way that they're talking about women's football in particular, you know, completely outside the EFL seventy two situation and and the Premier League, I think is kind of telling. Um, they're, they're talking about having a governing body that, that just deals with women's football. That's a pro in the the women's football comment column because obviously a lot of the certainly Premier League clubs want that. Uh, they think that and and the FA uh, last year I think they put in ten eleven million. Uh, the, this new proposal from from the big six uh, is saying that we're going to pump in you know fifty odd million fifty five million something uh, per season uh, for 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 the women's uh, uh, league and. Um, you, you sort of look at the, the teams that are proposing this, Manchester United and Liverpool, um, they've only very recently uh, come round to the idea of women's football. So there's clearly money to be made. And I would say that is indicative 
of why these clubs are doing it. There isn't this great kind of like benevolent kind of um, fund for, for lower league football. This is uh, a project moonshot power grab. <laughs> Just get everything we possibly can and then dial it back if we need to. Uh, I, I think this is uh, very much all, all about money. I, I don't think it brings the, the Football League any closer to, to the Premier League. In fact, it separates the Premier League into to the haves and the haves not, uh, which is obviously already the situation in many cases. Yeah, on that situation with the women's game, Susie Rack wrote uh, an article, a very thought-provoking one in The Guardian, um, highlighting what, what you just mentioned there, Pete, regarding the money that would be filtered down into the WSL. It would be around £10 million. But I think the biggest issue which Susie outlines in the article really is that these proposals are coming from the likes of Manchester United and Liverpool, who notoriously mm. are known for having not really invested in their women's teams. The Glazers shut down the Manchester United women's team in 2005 shortly after they took ownership mm. of Manchester United. And they, the, their reason for that was because they said that women's football wasn't part of the core business. So mm. now I guess the thought is that why are you now invested? Why, why do you now want to be part of this now that we've managed to grow this into what it is? And Manchester United now are looking like one of the teams in the WSL. Myself and Vish were both at their game against Tottenham at the weekend. Weekend friends. Weekend friends. Um, <laughs> and uh, they they are certainly going to be one of the teams who could potentially push for a top four, four spot mm. or even challenge for a top three spot when for so long it has been the same three teams that really kind of go for the title, the likes of Chelsea, Manchester City and Arsenal. So... They have grown so much in, in the couple of years that they've been existing for. It's only their second year in the WSL now and and they've really, really grown as a club. So I think they that maybe the thought of some people is, well, no, actually, we've done this. We don't really want you to be part of it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Manchester United story, obviously they became a club again in 2018. Uh, Manchester United women, rather. They became a club again in 2018 got promoted I sure it wasn't a country fish <laughs> sorry yeah <laughs> they became a sovereign state in 2018 uh, they got promoted from the championship in 2019 and they finished fourth albeit with a um, truncated WSL season mm. in 2020 um, and the, you know they're back to fourth of that way no, you know they were top temporarily overnight uh, because other teams hadn't played but yeah it, is, it does feel like a token token part of the proposal it's almost you know something for the old people just you know <laughs> put there on the side that what would be yeah. you know what could get more people on our side what would be a good PR move oh yeah that women's game do you remember that game we neglected for you know 50 odd years mm. why don't we just get that back in there as well it's a one shot deal and there's you, there's no walking back from this 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 does kind of like set it, 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 things in motion that, that, that you'll end up in, in a situation that the league was is in at the moment where it's just a kind of, um, it's not a meritocracy, it's just two clubs just duking out every season pretty much. I, um, I was going to add as well, uh, at Kieran Maguire, who's otherwise known as the Price of Football on Twitter, he's done a really interesting thread, basically breaking down what actually the EFL are are due to get. And it's not just a straight 250 million. That's kind of, that's paid forward, but then they also get some of it back. And I think a lot of it is leveraged against future broadcast deals, which you know for a fact are going to be lesser now, not least because of mm. you know the lack of a, a Chinese investor on that front, but also mm. just the way that the economics are of the world right now. Uh, so, be, so definitely worth checking out because I think, um, while understandably, absolutely understandably, there are some people who see it as you know a lifeboat you know, coming to get them. Mm. I, I think there are a lot more caveats than people realise. 
In terms of the fans, though, they're, they're still not in favour of this. Fans from supporters group of the top six have spoken out against Project Big Picture. They say the fans we represent are fortunate to support clubs that regularly secure the largest financial revenue in the Premier League. But we understand football doesn't work in isolation. We're totally opposed to concentrating the power in the hands of six billionaire owners and departing from the one club, one vote ethos of the Premier League theme. Mm. I, I find uh, I've always, uh, for the last 10 years or something, found Liverpool as kind of positing that they are the community club uh, as laughable in the extreme, the way they treated uh, the people who live behind their stadium when they when they obviously extended it a little while ago, effectively ghettoing whole communities. I, I, I find uh, it, it laughable that they're still able to trade uh, on that. Same with Arsenal, same with Chelsea, all, all, all the big clubs, effectively. Um, what you want is uh, an evil owner like what Newcastle have got. <laughs> <laughs> and don't trade on being a community club at all, and just let the communities deal with that. But no, it's it's. Uh, I, I think it's. Um, I think it's great that sports club are sports clubs are thinking about the the. They're the only people who are actually um, thinking about the big picture, the picture. In, 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 in many in this situation. And uh, long may that continue. There's no, there's nothing really to add to that. It is absolutely <laughs> spot on. Very mind this is the week they were also told they've got to pay fifteen quid a pop to oh, yeah. watching TV. But Enjoy. there's that Premier League meeting uh, today. today yeah. um, so Wednesday, as this is recorded, and. I think part of that is going to include um, hammering down that price from you know forty ninety nine to nine ninety nine. Mm. So they do I'm, care about fans, don't they? Look I mean, that. what? I mean, again, I'll say, what about the people who've already paid? Presumably, you can already buy the fourteen pound ninety nine one right now to watch the match. Or can you pre register or something? So. Will they have to refund those people what, a certain you mean, amount you haven't of money? Tried yet, Pete. I know. Surprised. Well, me and Vish uh, were both supporting the Uniteds at the weekend, so we thought we'll go. I'll get him on Zoom, and he'll put a mirror up to his laptop screen. It'll all be very uh, confusing. Yeah, we're going to game the system. We're going to game the system by yeah. going twos on it, and then uh, Pete's going to do an Instagram live of his side <laughs> yes. with another mirror, so that other people can watch. Yes, it like that. that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to become the be-out spots of uh, <laughs> North London. <laughs> All right, let's take a break now. After this, we will, as promised, be heading to the Romanian second division. And there's a match tonight, England-Denmark. We'll talk about that. I'm Martin Keown, and you're listening to Football Ramble. Yeah, maybe just one small bit of the football ramble. That'd be all right. Hi, I'm Martin Kean, and you're listening to the football ramble. I'm Martin Kean, Kean. I'm Martin Ramble. Oh, <laughs> I'm so glad Martin. you did that because um, I remember once I um, I tried to get something like that for for a mate of mine for his birthday, mm. and I, I, won't, I won't say who the player was. I mean, I'll tell you afterwards. But um, but he he said <laughs> he said my mate's name wrong, and I was like. I was too nervous to ask you this in the first place. I can't ask you to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I thought about like doctoring the message myself. Yeah. So like, Did he put too many syllables in the name or just not? No, no, he, he just he just said the wrong name. <laughs> like I, I, I told him Ben and he said something else. But I thought ben. about like... I thought about it kind of doctor later. Like, oh, oh, what are you doing? Hi, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, mate. You know. uh, do, do either of you remember Daz Sampson? From Eurovision. No. Do you no. not remember Who's it? Daz Sampson? You don't remember Daz Sampson? No, I really don't. What did, song did he do? He did uh, the song which was called, hang on a minute, how does it go? Um, 
Oh no, I can't think of it. It's it's gone. Look it up, Pete. Daz Samson. Daz Samson. Eurovision. Eurovision. Um, it's like known as sort of like the worst, best Eurovision. Teenage Life. Teenage Life. Right. Play okay. the intro and trust me on this, you right. will recognise it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, my little story about Daz Samson is he's a little bit of like a cult hero in the Eurovision world. Right. And uh, I tweeted him and asked him to do a birthday message for my other half because I thought it would be absolutely <laughs> hilarious. And he did it. Oh, fair play. He, he played, played the guitar and everything. Oh, lovely. Yeah. That's all right, isn't it? In the DMs. <laughs> so sometimes they get it right. Can you do it again without the guitar, please? <laughs> all right, it's time for this. Just even a show and football ramble.com Right now, so Epoch defining. Oh, it's the first time I've heard that one. Yeah. Yeah. You like? I like it. I'm a little lower who's in the, the mix than the, I was last time yeah, I did one of those jingles. Who's the bird? Who's the bird? Uh, a a, a singer songwriting duo from uh, uh, America on Fiverr who charged me 175 bucks every time oh. I want one of those bad boys. So, yeah. Patreon.com forward slash football ramble. <laughs> Money well spent. Uh, show at footballramble.com. Thank you for your email, Ruri Poole, uh, who says, Dear Ramblers, after hearing about the various shouts heard during a football match, it got me thinking about the best things written about football and football matches. I'm fortunate enough to try my hand at a bit of reporting for the local paper here in the Isle of Man, where football is serious but somewhat hilarious. One of my finest moments was when describing a goal assisted by a player named Dylan Pickles, that is his actual name, <laughs> I used my journalistic license and said that the aforementioned gherkined his way to set up the goal. Nice. Do you like that? I do. You like that? Uh, I try to insert as many fun things as possible into the articles. Uh, and just this last weekend, I've included the infamous Ray Hudson's Stung Like Vinegar into my report. So I was wondering if you had any or seen any things as stupid as this. Fish, have you ever put any... Good old little knowing uh, kind of jokes, little jokes into your articles. Yeah, I, t- honestly, I've, I've written some horrendous shit in my time. <laughs> um, <laughs> even going back to yesterday, um, <laughs> I think w- one thing I've always tried to do is avoid cliches. But then you mm. end up creating your own, and they're worse. Mm. <laughs> There's a reason why they're cliches because yeah. they are forensically accurate. Yeah, they yeah. work. Don't yeah. They? yeah, it's a bit like you know going for a walk. But like, I'm not going to go down that path. I'm going to walk through this mud. Yeah. Um, and so yeah I've, I've written some I, I wrote that someone oh, why am I even doing this go on <laughs> Come go on, on. Oh, so so really early on when I I love that you have to start <laughs> it with that like this wasn't recently I've got when much was, better in my career really early on I started every sentence uh, with a letter that spelled out F off <laughs> <laughs> no I, I did I, there was one time when I was um, I was talking about how uh, you'd, you know part of um, being more transparent in um, in football was about how needing needing to be shown behind the curtain, as it were, and mm. I wanted to articulate that in a way. It was like you know you're reluctantly being shown behind the curtain. Like it was a heavy duty curtain or something like that. Mm. And you know I, I put this phrase out there and I sent it to my editor, and the editor my editor called me and he was like, "Mate, you can't say that they had a look behind the, the iron curtain. That's a very different <laughs> meaning." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's got another oh, thing, hasn't it? Yeah." That's a totally different <laughs> whatsoever. So, I've, yeah, I've, I've I've tried to be like pithy and, and funny when I was younger, and thankfully I've, I don't do any of those things now. But like, you know, saying that someone's bringing a saxophone to a to a gunfight, you know, yeah, just okay. shit like that. I like that. That's about, all right. What isn't about it? like headline writing though? That's like 
one of the funnest parts, mm. surely. Yeah, you get to do it. You don't really get to do it. I mean, you do. I mean, obviously, there are some very good ones. But the, the, the people who are good at it are very good at it, and the people mm. who are bad at it are very, very bad at it. Mm. So, um, no, it's definitely a skill. Do, yeah. do, 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 I, I sort of forget about journalists that they have to have someone you know, checking through their work and, and asking what they meant by a particular uh, sentence or a particular phrase, that would annoy the hell out of me, having to explain jokes and stuff to people <laughs> who perhaps aren't quite as funny as you are. But but you appreciate people checking up on their jokes rather than just removing them all together. Right, okay. Because then they're just removing all of your colour, I suppose, dudes, yeah. like the reason you've, you've done it. Because, I mean, like... In a, this is, this is going to sound properly lame, but you do get like a little bit of a rush being like, oh, when you've written a good line and you yeah, see yeah. it in there and mm. like, people respond to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just part of my pathetic existence. Really. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I get my kids. Well, one of the things, though, that I don't think a lot of people would realise is that there are so many good puns out there that you can use for headlines and stuff. But mm. a lot of the time, especially in, in print, you actually are restricted to a word count and you're restricted to what fits on the line. Because when I was doing my journalism course, we had to practice it. Mm. And there were so many good lines I came out with and then they wouldn't fit. Right. So then you're like, oh, you can't use that. So you have to change it to something that's a bit naff. So I reckon that sometimes some of the naff ones in print are naff because they have to be naff. Yes. Okay. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. let the journos off for now, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes uh, they have to be a bit naff. Um, <laughs> keep the emails coming in. Show at footballramble.com. Uh, right, let's talk about some football that is on tonight. Although, it's so Nations League's back. England against Denmark later. I feel like we should just like stop because we've beat the number one team in the world now, Belgium. Yeah. I, I don't think, do we need to play this one? I, I'm, I presumably we're the Quit number one team hits. now, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that how the FIFA rankings yeah, work? Are we true. not number one now? I think so. It's yeah. basically like prison, isn't it? Like, now <laughs> yeah. we're the top dogs. <laughs> yeah. You give up, like, so... I give us our Netflix documentary and we'll just retire into uh, oblivion. <laughs> yeah. uh, should we get a bit serious about this, though? Because uh, just a little bit of team news ahead mm. of this one. Kieran Trippier reportedly has left the camp to attend an FA hearing over a betting charge he received in May. And Bel Ch Ben Chilwell has also left the camp. Now, Gareth Southgate always has to answer to it. I feel like he's just having to always answer to negativity at the moment. And it doesn't help, especially with everything COVID related mm. at the moment as well. But he has said the Trippier departure is just yet another distraction. There's not a lot I can say about it, really. It's not something which is in my control. I have to focus on preparing the team with the players I have available. And we always find solutions. It's an opportunity now for somebody else. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting situation for, for Trippier in particular because he, he, I thought he coped really uh, well um, in, in the matches he played uh, over, over the last week. And I think uh, Chilwell and uh, Trippier both uh, could add something to, to, to England's size. And it's just a bit of a shame that this that they're mm. kind of missing out on this on this occasion. Yeah, we'll probably see quite a few changes for this match. What, mm. what do you reckon about Harry Kane starting, Fish? Or do you reckon that... Um, Gary will leave him out. It's club versus club, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's the club classic football. debate. Um, yeah, I wonder if um, he's had a word with Gary, old, uh, old John. Yeah. <laughs> old Johnny M. And, uh, I think he plays tonight. Yeah, I mean, I can't see why he wouldn't play. You can, you can take him off after an hour and he's had mm. a decent run. Obviously, this is a competitive game, by mm. the way. Um, yeah. I, it's quite annoying, though, that not only do we lose our only left back, but we lose the other person who was playing left back yes. instead of him as well. Yes. What is it with the right side of England? Just everything is loaded towards outside now. I yeah. know um, Jonathan Lewin, the Guardian, has written a piece about how England might be back to their dark old days of not having a, basically not having a left-sided winger anymore, mm. uh, which is interestingly really definitely worth uh, reading out. And I suppose the way that England play now, you don't necessarily need that. But as you see with a team like Manchester United as well, when you don't have a left foot, that does actually cut you off from 
I suppose, playing a certain way up the pitch. So, so it slows you down, certainly. Yeah. Like, you got to be a little sort of like uh, Sako Shuli to, 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 to sort of fill that. Yeah, although, do you not think Saka, I don't think Saka is a, he's not a defensive left-sided no. player, though. I wonder if we're looking at him totally wrong because he is left-footed. Because yeah, I, I, I'm just thinking because square pegs around holes, you need someone. Yeah, yeah, oh, no, of course, yeah, yeah. It's not a long-term <laughs> thing. But I wonder, I wonder if, uh, if we're doing Saka a bit of a disservice by, by expecting him to fulfil that role because there's no reason why he couldn't. You know, he's got all the craft and, mm. and guile to be further up the pitch and creating, as he does for Arsenal. As he oh, yeah, you, you want to see him there, year, but yeah. I just I just fear that, that we need someone who can who, who can put the shift in it. Uh, I'd, quite, I'd quite like to see, just for jokes, I'd quite like to see Harry Maguire there. <laughs> <laughs> just like see what, he, see what happens. See what happens. Well, he, back, um, like... Like in in the uh, in the last international time, he seemed to he loved to surge up the field, didn't he? He, yeah. he loved a little run, but I, I think the way nah, that we let's sort not, of let's not put <laughs> let's not back. do that. <laughs> Please don't. But they, I think we're looking at sort of England, and obviously they've come in to for for a bit of criticism because of the way they played against Belgium. You know, it looked unconvincing, but it but it was a win, and and the best international sides do occasionally look a bit crap every now and again. You know, it's it, this is Southgate is is pragmatic best you can kind of foster this feeling of uh, of joy and success when you're in the camp and stuff with your inflatable unicorns and stuff but fundamentally you don't have enough time with the players to instill uh, that much tactical now you have to either go prey on their idea of intensity uh, or, or just sort of understand that these guys are professionals and they can play in a certain way and, and there are fundamental limitations when managing an international side even more so uh, in this truncated season it's, it's best to re- rely on the players' individual sort of professionalism and sort of go, look, this is the system we're going to play. You understand it. I understand it. Let's just get on with it and and, and just and just control games rather than this gung-ho slightly, you know, we've got to get the most out of our attacking players. Well, we did that in the international competition and we, and we scored so many goals before lockdown, so many goals. But did we look better? I, th- I would argue we looked at a way more fragile back then. I think uh, that, that that match against Belgium, we looked in control uh, that I've, uh, in a way that I've not seen in, a, in yeah. quite a long time. And, and for me, this, that's how you win international competitions. This is how you get um, a little bit further than we got last time. So, yeah, enjoyable. Enjoy your bowl. I have a, a, a bit of a working theory, which may prove to be garbage by the time I've finished it. But <laughs> essentially, if you're a team playing week in, week out, it's really hard to flitter between being really attacking and free flowing and then being really rigid and, and defensively sound and I suppose, you know, relying on counterattacks solely. Mm. And that's that is difficult week to week. I wonder for an international team who play every now and again. An international club. Sorry, the international <laughs> club who then go into a major club competition in the summer. <laughs> um whereas actually you know, maybe that is a, a bit easier to sway because you get that time before a cluster of, of games that you're going to get. Bear in mind, obviously England are playing three games here where they're playing a variety of different opposition, having mm. played Wales, Belgium, the best team in the world, and Denmark, who England should expect to to be, you know, on any given day, um, but have to play well. Uh, and, and so, well, yeah, so I do wonder with with Southgate if if having the extremes isn't necessarily a bad thing or something that isn't sustainable, to be honest. Um, and I wonder if he's working out in his head the the only thing he does have to flip over though is making those in-game changes that then can flip that one way or another yeah can then get more defensive when they've got that lead or you know go more attacking when they need to to level or pick up a lead so yeah it'd be interesting to see and as i've kind of said throughout all of this it's really hard to gauge too many concrete conclusions 
despite the fact that it's my job to do so day in, day out. <laughs> well, you've gone from Wales to Belgium. Like, so two yeah. very different sides. One side is not going to come go at you quite as much. Belgium will. And they, 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 they played in two very different styles in both those matches. And I think they, 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 were, they both um, did themselves an immense credit, I think, the way they played. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, a player like Jack Grealish, a player like, I suppose, even Saka, just because we mentioned him, are going to be two players who are able to allow you to do that twist. Mm in an instant in, a, in just one substitution so you know I, I feel quite um, optimistic about not just this game but over the last week that we've just seen certainly more so than I did the week yeah. before and I'm not someone who had any reservations about Southgate mm. or this England side yeah, yeah. I think you've, there's, there's definitely um, a good theory you've got there Vish um, it has felt like there's been a lot of matches in this international break it's felt really long to me mm. you said there's three there games <laughs> in, yeah it has <laughs> three games Wales, Belgium and then tonight against Denmark but the next international break, which is middle of November, November, there's actually going to be one less game for England because the game against New Zealand is now not going to happen. New Zealand have confirmed they won't travel for the friendly on the 12th of November, citing the shifting nature of travel restrictions and commercial flight availability under COVID, which means that we do not have certainty we would assemble a squad at Wembley. Now, to be honest, I'm not really that surprised about this. You, you know, you hear about a lot of, different countries in the way they're handling COVID mm. and New Zealand have been one of those that Exemplary, have been extremely yeah. strict about everything. I've actually got a friend who has travelled to New Zealand because her partner is from there so mm. he has citizenship and she had to wait about three and a half months to get a visa to be able to go with him because yeah. they've just had a newborn baby so they wanted to travel out there to visit family and it is it has honestly been such a ball ache for, for them to be able to do that and he's a citizen and yeah. they're together so mm. it's it seems kind of crazy but they're, they are one of the countries that have been extremely strict about this so this doesn't really surprise me that a country like that have decided you know what it's a friendly do we need to go it's no. outside the, the, the scope of, a, of one private jet flight doesn't it because yeah. you've got to refuel somewhere <laughs> yeah exactly it's almost like they're responsible adults yeah, yeah. They'd it's want... almost as if they understand the, the, the bigger picture yeah <laughs> weird that isn't it it's so weird they had one confirmed COVID case yesterday in New Zealand, you know, they've massively got it down. I think in the Fish, last... they are an island, mate, and there are certain advantages yeah, living no, on an island. <laughs> There's us. Yeah. But, they, but, you know, they're absolutely doing the right thing here. I mean, I, I cannot believe they're playing um, friendlies at the moment. I have similar it's, reservations about yeah. the Nations League. I can understand why you need to get those playoffs done and dusted, and, and all, it's all the more important that they're one leg rather than two, but... Friendlies. And, and even, even you know, <laughs> I, I know, I, you know, I know, I'm part of the problem here because, for example, I'm covering two Premier League games on the weekend. But as we're getting through, you know, to different regions of the country on a three-tier system, yeah. the fact that we're traveling around and, and playing all these games, I know they were in their own little bubble and you're in your Honda Jazz, necessary, and I'm in my Honda Jazz, <laughs> yeah. which. Um, yeah, thought, at least got, you've got, got, at least you've got there. four tyres at work. Yeah, just about. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, my four tyres combined would probably make one of your <laughs> big motor tyres. Um, Monster tools. <laughs> <laughs> Small people do tend to drive big cars. Do they, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. So. Uh, just, just lastly on that as well, and <laughs> like, this is going into uncharted territory as well, but like, we're, when we're calling back for fans to be back, and I know that there's obviously complaints about people who are allowed to be indoors at various different events, but like, how can fans come back, really, given the tier system, given yeah. the issues that still arise in this it's country? It's unworkable. 
incredibly mad. Yeah, mm. I wouldn't be surprised though if a different friendly gets rescheduled because that one's now not on. Well, they to be the talk. They yeah. said we're going to find someone. It's like Sunday league, like tweeting out, <laughs> be like, oh, by the way, we have got a spare pitch. Man United, Kane. <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, good luck to England tonight yeah. against Denmark. Come on, England. Uh, let's move on and finally get to the Romanian second division. We've been teasing you with it, and you've probably seen, you've it. probably been seeing it all on Twitter anyway already. And they, what have you got to say about? It? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like it's the biggest thing ever. But anyway, we're going to end on it because it's um it's genius. Nicolo Napoli, the manager mm. of Romanian side FC Kralvia. I think I've said that right. Um, he's been sacked for a seventh time. He has managed them seven times and has been sacked for the seventh time. I mean. Why? Why would you go back? What's I'll, he doing? I'll turn to Vision this one. Is this the Seth and Summer of the OC kind of on and off relationship that this guy's got with? They this? didn't break up seven times though, did they? It was pretty much up there, wasn't it? Because yeah, she thought she she thought he was cheating on her. The she? who and yeah. who of the OC? Um, Seth and Summer. Yeah, Rachel oh, Bielsen yeah, yeah, yeah. and the yeah. funny guy. Mm, mm. Yeah, I remember <laughs> the wisecracker. The wisecracker. Are you an OC fan? Yeah, I'm a huge OC fan. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Here we go. Put a little Wonder Woman. So that's, that's what sealed the deal, apparently. That was the Wonder Woman costume. That was... Uh, oh, remember yeah. She put the and Wonder then they, they did the upside-down Spider-Man kiss. As yes. Well. Great that's times. right. Great times. But, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know why they keep taking... I mean, he must be really good in whatever the bed equivalent of man- football management is. <laughs> because that's the only well, reason no, he's really, he must be really bad since he's been sacked seven times. <laughs> yeah, but he's come back seven or well, six times, hasn't he? He'll probably come back a seventh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it does feel like, you know, that mate and... Keeps getting back into that relationship. You're like, all right, there must be. There's obviously something there behind closed doors that I'm not seeing because mm. this isn't. Never slag them off. Never slag them off. Did yeah. you used to play for Juve though? Yeah, well, I mean it's... that's. Oh, but you're sounding like them. Oh, you don't know him like we do. <laughs> it was no, pre nineties Juve. He's, got, he's good he's when got, it's just me and him. He's got, yeah. he's got good sides. <laughs> yeah. I can change him. When the good times are good, they're really good. Yeah, that old yeah. cliche. Uh, Instagram photos together when they hire him for the seventh time. <laughs> Holding that scarf up again. Yes. <laughs> and then just rolling it up and putting it in a fire when he gets sacked for the seventh time. Uh, Lovely. There you go. That's your Romanian second division news. Mm. Uh, we've covered everything today and we've managed mm. around 40 minutes. I'm well impressed about that, by the way. Look, we may have deviated from the plan here and there. She's talked about Eurovision stars etc etc but look I was actually going to ask Charlie to cut that bit out because no one actually has actually ever heard of it <laughs> just, the, just the way they like to get to how long we've got to we had to google <laughs> within a part of that show we googled someone from Eurovision who didn't even win no of course he didn't win it's England uh, of course he didn't win given the tripe that Eurovision pour out <laughs> I enjoyed it uh, what did you do at school today? <laughs> awful. Right, should we awful. go before I Let's start singing? No, I think we should sing. We can <laughs> yeah. get up to 45. Hey, you've sung already. We? You've sung the OC. I, did, I bottled it though, didn't <laughs> I? I kind of did that Pussy. kind of silent. Armed it. By the way... That's getting clipped. Did you see the... <laughs> did you see you that? just called me a pussy on the football <laughs> This laddish behaviour shall not stand, Vish. Hey, we got 40 minutes in and I hadn't sworn. I was quite impressed by that after that little swear box tweet that went yeah, out Yeah, it was me and you at the top of the league, wasn't it? Of, I like, was well, no, you know, I, I, was, I, was, I was definitely at the top of the league. Someone who's going to swear needlessly. You were definitely top. Yeah. Vish was third. I was on the podium, yeah. Right, okay. Mm, <laughs> I was fourth. I came below Vish and I think I've proved that's the right place because mm. you swore before me today. I was on swear check. You called me a pussy. <laughs> Let's get out of here, Jesus Christ. I think there should be a warning at the start of the show that if you are listening with children, 
Turn it down at around 40 minutes. Uh, Pete, say goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Fish. I don't want anything to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> On tomorrow's show, Kate, Vish, you're back. You can swear some more. And Jim Campbell is going to be here as well. Bye-bye. Say bye, Vish. <laughs> this was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network. 